Um, it is so uh, brilliant to be here. You know, I I was saying to Karen on the way here that, you know, Lynn Baptist Church, we're just family. You know, Oasis and Lynn Baptist Church, I just feel... Um, the moment that we, well, the moment when I first rang Linda um, Cram and, and, and told her about what we were doing, I mean, that was three years ago. Can you believe it? Three years ago. And um, the impact you guys have had on um, our centre and, and on me personally um, has been phenomenal. And, and I'm just so grateful um, to be here and to tell you guys that we love you and um, we're so grateful um, for, for the amazing partnership that we have um, with you guys and, and Gorton. And, and I know that you guys have been um, looking at the Book of Acts for the past um, few weeks. And um, I was asked to look at um, the last bit of um, Acts um, 4. Um, and the Book of Acts, um, it, it's just an amazing book because basically we're still in... Um, the book of Acts kind of thing. I'm no theologian, so, you know, who knows if I'm saying the right stuff. But anyway, I feel personally that, you know, when I'm reading the book of Acts, I just think, wow, gosh, this is, this is our, in, in the whole history of the universe, we're, we're in that place where we've received the Holy Spirit and, uh, and we're going out to, uh, to just tell everybody about how awesome, um, God is and what Jesus has done for us and you know to me the book of Acts is all about surrendering to depending on trusting in and waiting on the Holy Spirit it's it's all about um, freedom um, that we find when we really just rest in and enjoy um, our dependency on the Holy Spirit You know, in Acts 1, verse 8, um, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And basically, you know, without the Holy Spirit, you know, we we, we really can't do anything. And I think in the last 20 years of of walking... um, the journey of Oasis, um, I've really recognized that, that, that anything that we do in our own strength, um, it, it basically leads to death. And it seems quite an extreme thing to say that, you know, well, there's so many good things that we can do. And there's so many skilled people and there's so many passionate people in the kingdom. But if we do it in our own strength, do you know what? It just leads to death. <laughs> it won't, it won't lead to God's glory. But when we, when we do stuff in the spirit, when, when we wait upon the spirit, when we surrender to the spirit, when we trust in the Holy Spirit, then the most extraordinary things can happen um, amongst us. Um, I think this is kind of like what the kingdom of God is all about, um, is trusting and waiting and depending on the Holy Spirit. And when, when I look at Acts 4, 32 to 35... Um, which I'm going to read now. Um, I think to myself, the only way that you can really grab hold of of these verses is if we know, well, if I'm surrendered to, if I'm depending on, if I'm trusting in, and if I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit, then actually 
this isn't out of my reach. Um, it's actually something that could be quite an exciting adventure. Um, so I'm just going to read um, Acts 4, 32 to 35 to you. <clears throat> All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them. They bought the money from the sales and put them at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who was in need. Now, that's quite a hardcore piece of scripture there. You know, it's one thing to go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, you know, all being together in one heart and one mind and, yeah, all our possessions. We, we claim nothing as our own. It's just, well, come on, let's face it. That's pretty hardcore. And I'm not living that. I'm not living that. I find it a really challenging piece um, for, from, from the Bible, from Acts. Um, you know, having no claim on any of your own possessions. And, and when I was kind of like meditating on, on that sentence, you know, it almost seems too extreme to even begin to grab hold of it. Um, but then I was kind of like thinking, well, could, could this mean that, you know, everything in our lives, if we have everything in our lives in the rightful place, if we have our homes, if we have our businesses, if we have um, um, our children, our, our careers, everything that makes us who we are, if we have these in the right place um, under God, um, and God can actually say to me, you know, Vic, I want that now. Um, will you give it to me? Um, Vic, I'm, I'm in need of this. I, w- I want you to, to surrender that to me. Actually, that sentence becomes exciting to me because if everything is under God, if, if, we, if we really truly believe that everything that we have is a gift from God and it's, and it's only ours because of the grace of God, then yeah, yeah, you, you can have it back, Lord. You know, th- these possessions, whatever makes me, me, I, I want it to be yours. And, and I think that it's, it actually becomes something really exciting when, when everything's God's, even before he asks us to give it to him. Because I, I think that's where, where freedom is. Um, it says in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 17, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And and isn't that what we want as the body of Christ? We want to live in God's freedom. I do. It's it's the most amazing. I've I've had moments where I've lived completely in God's freedom. Oh my gosh, there's nothing like it. Um, And I know that the people that I'm meeting in Oasis want freedom. Um, And I know the people that you're meeting, even if they don't say in your workplaces, um, wherever you are, that's what we desire. We, we want freedom. Um, <clears throat> and, I, and I think this scripture is so beautiful, the way that it basically um, 
shows us that that's what God has for us in the kingdom. He has freedom for us. And when we hold on to our own stuff, when we hold on to our identity, when we hold on to what we think makes us us, um, then when the Holy Spirit begins to whisper, um, you know, Vic, I, wa- I-, I want you to move to Gorton. <laughs> when, when it's all his anyway, then actually it becomes an adventure and it's exciting and it's not a wrestling and it's not a fearful place and it's not, oh, do I have to? It's, it's actually, all right, Lord, well, it's yours anyway. What are you, you going to do with it? Because whatever we offer to God, he blesses. Whatever we surrender to God, he brings glory um, to himself. And that's, I know that's what we want. We just want to see God glorified in our lives. Um, and, and this, to me, is, is what the kingdom is, is all about. Um, and there's one thing... Um, when I, when I look at this passage of scripture, um, how the people of Christ um, came together and they were in unity, you know, and, and we know, you know, it says in, in Psalm 133 that, you know, where there is unity, um, God commands the blessing and, um, and this world needs God's blessing. And we... When, when, when everything's surrendered in our own personal lives to God, actually unity becomes something also very, very exciting because we, we realize that we're working together. Um, and I love it that um, when, when it says here that, um, you know, the, God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy persons among them. I mean, like, that, that's, that's my heart's desire. You know, we're not there yet um, in Oasis we still have lots of needy people. Um, but that's what I'm excitedly running towards, that we get to a point when we're all working together, that there is no one in need amongst us. And I'm not just talking financially, I'm talking about, you know, Karen and I on the way here, we're talking about, you know, loneliness, how how extreme loneliness can be um, in people's lives. And... Um, and before I show you um, the video of, of, um, of, of our centre, just to kind of like help you get, get an understanding, if, if you haven't either been to the centre or you didn't come to our um, event that we had back in March, um, you know, to get to where we're at at the moment with Oasis in Gorton, um, there was sacrifice um, and there was surrender that was needed before um, we could get to the place where we're at now. And, and I'm in a really wonderful position to be chatting to you about um you know what it is to be one in heart and mind and what it is to um to just to surrender your possessions and who you are to christ because i'm 20 years down the road so you know i i'm i'm speaking to you um when god is blessing us and and mightily pouring out his spirit in gorton um but those 20 years of surrender to God and those 20 years of sacrifice have been that very thing. It's sacrificial and it's hard to surrender. Um, but it's so exciting and God will always, always, always bless us when we surrender. Um, I remember um, when God called us to move to Gorton and at the time it, it felt like he might as well have said Beirut. I mean, now we've been there so many years and I just absolutely love the place. <laughs> and um, 
But I remember when God first called us and, um, and it just seemed almost, could that really be? How, you know, and at the time it seemed such a massive thing. Um, but all these years later, um, there's nowhere else I'd want to live. And, and even if I'd have just met Karen, it would have been worth it. It was worth my girls who were going to, um, a fantastic school, you know, to going to the second worst, um, school in Manchester. It was worth that. It was worth that surrender and it was worth that sacrifice just to meet you, Karen. (laughs) It was. Absolutely. Um, because God makes the kingdom personal. He, he makes, um, this becoming one in heart and mind and, and, and giving all we have to God. He, he, he makes it something quite extraordinary because it's not just about the big picture. It's about individual people whose lives are changed and transformed. And, um, and I just want to, um, now just show this, the video piece of, of, of Oasis. And this is, this is where we're at to now because of that surrender, because of that coming together as one, um, and, and finding God's freedom. The heart of Oasis is that you feel welcome, you feel loved and warm, and everybody says you do, and you can just come in and you can sit down, meet some people, sit on your own, whatever you want to do, be social, uh, and you'll get fed for breakfast, you'll get fed at lunch, and basically, it's just a very relaxed place to come. Once you've been coming and you're feeling a bit more relaxed, we have a lot of activities on offer. So we have uh, the Get and Work Ready program, we have English and Maths, we have a great charity shop, so it's very cheap. Uh, and some good quality clothes come in and we have just a great team of volunteers who do their utmost to make everybody in this place feel really welcome so the getting work ready scheme is a tailor-made program for anyone in the local area wanting to lead a more fulfilling life we do a whole variety of different things um, from courses to volunteering opportunities all with the purpose of getting people back into the community back into society in whatever way they want to do Unfortunately, some of our clients live very chaotic lives and, you know, basic things like, um, you know, filling in a form that is basic to us may not be basic to them. Some of them can't read, some of them can't write. So even for me to this day, when I get a form that's 20 pages long, it is quite daunting. So this is where we come in and we help them out. I think, I think the secret is uh, probably our faith makes us love people though we do because we realise that people are people they're not processes they're not numbers they're not figures in a machine they're not postcodes they're, they're people with genuine issues and, and we love them and I think when you show people that you're genuinely committed to them and you love them I think people are prepared to listen to you and they're prepared to take on with what you say and trust you and I think when you build that trust anybody can be helped and I think that's what we're about over 20 years ago when um, God gave me the vision for Oasis um, I 
was aware of God's heart for um, a community of people that had literally been forgotten. Um, there were so many people in our community um, that were <clears throat> struggling in their abuse, in their addiction, in um, their... Um, well, a lot of our guys had never... Um, been to school, so to actually teach them to read and write at the age of 30, 40, 50 um, wasn't um, cost-effective. Um, and uh, so there was a, a community of people that basically were, were, were kind of like pushed to one side. And I love it about God. He He's so passionate about the people that everyone else has forgotten about. I love it that <clears throat> when I go to meetings with the council and different organizations and you can see them kind of looking at their tick boxes and thinking well mm, yeah we'll work with these people because we've got more chance of getting more numbers through and it looks you know like we've had a success there whereas I love working with the people that actually we probably won't get um the numbers right um and uh, it'll look like we're failing before we succeed but I just couldn't think of something more incredible than working with people um, that other people just think, um, what's the point? Because to me, they are the point. This is this is part of the kingdom. This is um, God's kingdom coming to earth. This is his will being done on earth as it's already been done in heaven. Um, and I love the fact um, that it is a sacrifice um, to work in Oasis, it's um, it's hard, hard work. Um, but with sacrifice, there always comes awesome fruit. You know, and I love it in Romans 12, um, where it says, um, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test <clears throat> then you will be able to test and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will you know that's just that's just the kingdom you know when we want to see uh, lives transformed it's a sacrifice when we want to really see a community um finds god um it, it takes surrender <clears throat> i just want to um tell you a little bit about um, Alan, um, who um, we're going to show his little testimony um, in a minute, just a short 60-second testimony. <clears throat> but um, I just want to paint the picture of Alan's life um, when he started coming to Oasis. Um, Alan um, was brought up by a mum and dad who were both al- alcoholics, um, and he watched them both die. Um, he had lived with his parents until their death when he was about 35 and um, he couldn't cope with living in the house that his parents had lived in so he just walked out. Um, still traumatised with uh, watching his parents die he um, he just ended up um, sleeping rough and, uh, and then unfortunately he became an alcoholic himself. Um, he was on the streets for 20 years um, he had no real friends, only drinking buddies, um, and he was in and out of hospital with pneumonia and when he was beaten up. And uh, I remember the first time I saw him, he walked past 
Oasis, and um, <clears throat> by now people were calling Oasis the church, which rocked. Um, and uh, I remember him saying to me, um, you'll never get me in there. You'll never get me in that church. <clears throat> I, you know, my, what's God done for me? Look at the state of me. And he started telling me about his life. Um, anyway, after about a 15-minute conversation, um, he came into the centre and uh, we gave him some lunch and we um, gave him a change of clothes and a sleeping bag. It was pouring with rain and he was drenched. Um, <clears throat> and Alan um, started to, to believe that actually maybe maybe God did love him and maybe um, God did have um, a purpose for his life. And um, and and slowly and surely he um, he recognised that he was very valuable and uh, and he was very needed and, and, and that he was loved and this is Alan's story you're cold you're ringing wet your clothes are drenched I'd knew him only three times on the street it's just an existence uh, basically I just wanted to die Well, Alan is uh, one of our longest-standing clients. Um, I remember the day he came first into Oasis, that he was um, the worst for drink, and I think it was wet, and he desperately needed a sleeping bag, and I was able to find him one. I was like the liquorless old bob, soaking wet, drunk, you know, swearing, abusive, and I said I would never go in the church, and... I did go in the church, and that was the first time I ever met Victoria. And then I started coming into Oasis, and uh, I've been coming in now nearly 13 years, which is a long time. They've helped me get me on flat after after so long on the streets. They fed up farms for me at Oasis. I thought I've got no chance because me being homeless. I went in there thinking negative. And I saw them, the housing manager there. And she said, as soon as she looked at me, she says, fill out an housing benefit form for you. And I filled out the housing benefit form. And I thought, nothing of it. And she said, come back on the Thursday. I went back on the Thursday. And she says, there's your keys. And after, what an excitement that was. After being on the streets for a long time, getting stability. Now I've been there just over four four years and I'm happy I'm not cold I'm not soaking wet and this is thanks to this place and thanks to the volunteers and lovely people there it took him a while but he's got there he's now in his own flat he's uh, looking after himself more he's stopped drinking he has just become the most wonderful person he always was but now he's showing everyone what a great guy he is. You know, I wouldn't be here only for a place like this. It's a fantastic place. Meet friends, friends I've known for a long time. New friends. And learn things. Learn, you know, maths, English, things like that. It's a it's, it's godsend. I'm glad there's such a building here. Because I'd be nothing without it. The lady on who who was being interviewed with Alan is, is my mum, 
And um, my my mum, I became a Christian when I was 19, and um, and my mum and dad were a little bit kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? You know, I wasn't brought up in a Christian home, and um, and my mum joined Oasis about a year after we started, and and she knew the whole thing. She knew my salvation. She knew the vision that God given me, and. and, and Alan was um, a, a big part of my mum finding God herself. And, and I just love it that, like, God God does everything, doesn't he? He doesn't just do one little thing here. He, he turns Alan's life around, that then turns my own mum's life around, that, that, that then starts to turn her friends around. He's just, gosh, isn't, isn't God incredible? Like, how, why would we not want to surrender to him? Why would, why would we want to hold on to the petty things that we think are so important? But I can't give that up, Lord, because what, what, he's the creator of the universe. <laughs> you know, it's like every now and again when I feel God's um, challenging me again in my walk with him, um, I just Google universe, <laughs> um, and I just kind of like look on the screen at the universe, and there's a bit of a galaxy going on there, and oh, look, there's planet Earth, and and I'm like, yeah, 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 Lord, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll surrender that to you, yeah, if, if if that's what you want me to do, you know, I, I feel overwhelmed, I feel a bit embarrassed, but yeah, I'll do that for you, Lord. <laughs> he's he's so in control, and whenever we step out in faith, and we we, we, we strive for unity in the church. We, 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 um, we work together for, for, for God's kingdom. We've got nothing to worry about. He will be glorified in it. That's just, that's just the way our Father is. Um, I don't know how long I've got left, um, whether just to go on to Karen now. I've got no idea of time. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to um, tell you about Lynn, and then I'll go on to Karen. Um, Lynn, um, she came here a while back, um, and, and uh, um, she kind of told her a little bit about her story, but I, I just wanted to um, tell you about hers as well, because when God gave me the vision for Oasis, um, it was these guys that he had on his heart, and when I saw that building pumping out his unconditional love, you know, it was, it was for the Allens, it was for the Lynns that his heart is aching and relentlessly loving this community. When Lynn first came into the centre, um, she had um, um, lost two of her sons. One was murdered, um, stabbed to death in Gorton, and the other one, um, her other son, was um, run over um, and killed. Um, and her other son was in prison. Um, so Lynn came into Oasis very angry, very bitter, and, and she let me know um, straight away that she wasn't happy, and she wasn't happy with this God that we were serving. Because um, the exciting thing is, when you're doing something for God, you know, we were just proclaiming, this is God. Don't don't think when you come in here that, that it's Victoria Armstrong that's had anything to do with this, because, well, as, as we well know, it's not, isn't it, Karen? It's completely God. And so she was coming into a centre that she knew um, was was given to the community by God, so she was angry. You know, why why has this happened in my life? And you're you're, you're telling me that, that there's a God when when this has happened to me. You know, she'd gone through cancer herself, and she'd lost a partner to cancer. She was angry, and understandably so. Um, but um, she came along to our Alpha course, 
um, and then came along to another one and another until she'd done five Alpha courses. And, uh, and I love it when it says with Alpha, you know, really they recommend that you do it once. Well, for our guys in, in Gorton, you know, sometimes they need about five Alphas. You've done it twice. Um, and uh, Lynn was quite overwhelmed by this forgiving God who also wants us to forgive. And this is the thing that she really struggled with. But our volunteers got alongside Lynn and worked with her for years, um, loving her, serving her, and, um, and enjoying Alpha with her. Until one day, um, at an Alpha Way day, um, the Holy Spirit met with her and uh, she was transformed like that. Um, she, she just felt, she said that she just felt God's forgiveness. She said, oh my gosh, I don't have to forgive. It, God's doing it for me. It, it's him. And she would just receive the Holy Spirit. And um, her life has been completely and utterly transformed. And basically she sits on Gorton Market um, and uh, just chats about God with anyone who'll listen. Um, and uh, she's had a great impact with a lot of the younger lads around the place. You know, she knows what it is to have young lads in gangs, and uh, and they listen to her. And uh, this this woman is absolutely on fire for God. She uh, she has a, a home group, um, which um, on a Wednesday night when me and my husband go and my two girls, and uh, basically it's where the Oasis guys come along and and hear about Jesus. And this is Lynn's story. Lynn's been someone who shows the story of Oasis beautifully. Um, someone who comes in who feels like um, life doesn't really have much um, purpose, feels very isolated. And throughout the years, um, I've seen her uh, grow in confidence and recognise um, how important she is in the community that she's part of. Eight years ago when I was um, just kind of stuck in the flat, um, just feeling sorry and just existing, no life, dependent on carers and people because of my mobility and just bound up in grief. And I feel because she came into an environment where she wasn't judged, she had the time and the space to work out her um, grieving, to work out um, her struggles. In, in the way that she was supported through Oasis, she's um, beautifully supporting others, not judging people that come into the centre, just come out of prison, maybe been on the streets, maybe struggled with addiction. Um, they can be open and honest with her and she just gives them that unconditional love, which is what Oasis is all about. We just kind of, you know, make them feel good, you know, saying it to them, that you can do it, you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it, you know. And we just all need that, don't we? We need people, we need encouragement, and we need love. She's helping her own community recognise that we must help. And it's not, well, mm, but I've got all these problems. You know, it's almost like she puts her problems to one side and recognises that are, there are people a lot worse off than herself. And she's shown in her own story um, that it's it, there's healing in that. You know, when you give to other people, um, you, you're the one that benefits. You're the one that... that, that um, finds joy in it and, and, and finds peace in it and finds rest in it. Some people's got nobody. There's lots of people got nobody. But when you come in, it's like another family. It is your family. Yeah.
There are so many stories that I could tell you of people that have come into Oasis over the last 14 years now um, that have um, had the most um, horrific stuff happen to them in their lives and, um, and they found God and their lives are transformed by his incredible grace, mercy and love. Um, but I brought Karen along today. Do you want to come up? And, um, and I met, well, where, how long has it been since five years? So Karen came into, um, to the center five years ago, um, in a bit of a state, weren't you? Um, just a little bit. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about it? Yeah. When I, a friend told me, come in this church, you'll get something to eat, cup of tea. So I was like, Helen, you'll never get me in a church. God didn't <laughs> exist in my house growing up. It wasn't real. So, um, Vic was doing um, a little project outside, like mentoring on it, um, Inspire. Yeah. And she said, I'd like you to be a guinea pig. Because she didn't think I had any problems and was just going to, was just testing how it would yeah. work. And you realise, I let her in a little bit. And I started telling her what was going on in my life. I was homeless, um, on the streets. My children had been taken away into care, they'd been adopted. I had five children. Like, Alan and Lynn, I wasn't living. I was just existing. And I was just lost. And um, Oasis has it's fixed me. I was very broken. I was. I was broken. And now, um, I know who Jesus is. I love him. <laughs> and I have um, a house now. I just moved actually, and I did it all on my own. Yeah, you did it all without on your help. I didn't do a thing. No, um, my children are a part of my life now. We have um, letters, corresponding letters to each other, and photographs. So I'm still watching them grow now. When I met Vic, I, there was nothing, nothing, and there's nothing else to say. Vic, <laughs> everybody said it. <laughs> Oasis, it like Lynn said, it's a family. We need to stay together. Jesus wants us to be together. That's what it's all about. Mm. Yeah, it is. There's nothing much more for me to say because you've said it up. <laughs> um, but the exciting thing as well about doing mission with God, working and walking through the kingdom, is that um, Karen and I, um, you know, when I met you um, and you started to open up about your life, that you're on the streets and, mm-hmm. um, and all uh, the stuff that was going on, all the anxiety and, and yeah. the stress... Um, and I just, I just remember um, thinking, wow, there's no way I'd have met you in any other circumstance apart mm-hmm. from God giving us Oasis. Yeah. And, 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 and you know that you've been as much of a blessing to me as I've been to you. And, and we've become, well, we're like sisters now, aren't we? Yeah. And, and, and this is the exciting thing. You know, like God's bringing um, people together that we would never have met in any other circumstance. And... We're, we're working out our salvation together, yeah. isn't it? That's yeah. what we're doing. And, uh, and I can't even begin to tell you what a massive blessing Karen is to me. And we meet, um, we try and meet kind of like, um, once a month for a coffee, don't we? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> both too busy now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I meet Karen, um, not because, um, oh yeah, mentoring, I meet Karen just to have a bit of a break. You know, I meet Karen and we have a laugh, don't we? And I tell you about what I'm thinking and, and, and we get excited and you send me scripture to encourage me and, 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 and that's, that's where we're at in our journey together now. It's not about 
Karen needing help. <clears throat> I wouldn't about... let anybody else into my life when I met Vic. Um, so just, I felt I'd just been let down everywhere I went, by doctors, by social services, council, everywhere. And it, it took a while for me to let Vic in, but I'm glad I did, because then I let Jesus in. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. He, he also gave me a vision. Yes. You only told me mummies. Yeah. Um, I met a girl who was in the same situation as me, had lost um, her children, and she was just like, um, I just, Karen, I can't get my head round it. How, how can you come to terms with them calling somebody else mum? I said, well, you have to accept that it's happened. There's nothing you can do. They live with, your child lives with their new mum and dad. But you'll always be tummy mummy. So that's, and it, I, I know where it come from. It, I know where it come from now. And that's what I want to do. I want to have a, that's why when the new sensor of coffee mornings for yummy tummy mummies who are in the same position as me who feel the shame and the guilt and that's all I want to say so then you don't have to feel ashamed be proud and exactly that's it and I love that it's kind of like <clears throat> Karen comes in um, on the streets in, in desperate need and then God's God's like looking at you thinking it's alright Karen because you know I don't get scared anymore yeah. I was scared and for a long time. I don't get scared no more. <laughs> but how exciting that there could be a, a charity, you know, there could be a little charity called Yummy Tummy Mummies for, for mums that have lost their children that are embarrassed and ashamed and they, and they tell their mates, oh yeah, yeah, they're still in school. Yeah, oh no, they're not here today. You know, that, that's what's happening. <laughs> mums in Gorton are pretending that they still have their children because they, they don't want to, well, it's just too overwhelming. And, and, and who better to tell another mum who's lost her children, um, you know, you're, you're, you're precious, you're precious to God, you're valuable, you know, let's get our, let's get our lives together so that when our kids come looking for us, we're in a stable place, you know, and, and, and God's going to do that through Karen. He's not going to do it through someone else who doesn't understand and experience what it's like to go through it and what a personality to do it in, <laughs> I mean. But anyway, we've probably gone on too far. I know. <laughs> What am I looking forward to the most? The new sensor. <laughs> I can't wait because I just feel like I can't do anything. I'm stuck till that happens. So I can have my yummy tummy movies. <laughs> That's all I want to do. There's no nine to five job for me. There's, there's nothing else I want to do. That's my purpose from, from God. It is. There's nothing else. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Okay, thank you.